So we're going to get into the Word tonight. We're going to talk about uh, steps of successful prayer. I completely and totally understand that my crowd tonight, uh, I know many of you. I know that how you pray. I know, I've heard you pray. And my effort is to help us hone our prayer lives. Amen. Uh, to sharpen our prayer lives, especially in a day and age where uh, prayer is constantly, constantly being uh, just diminished and people just don't do it anymore. And so um, I can remember my good friend, Brother Michael Lindsay, when he went to Heath, Ohio. Um, they, had, they had just come here, and while they were here, uh, they saw some of the things that we were doing, and they, they talked about our prayer room and, and people praying. And they said that where they were just became pastor, they just took the pastorate uh, there in Heath, that there was just not a sense of prayer. And uh, I, I can tell you this just in conversation and seeing and looking at just from the outside looking in, but also just having conversation with him, they have begun to pray. And uh, the revival is there, power is there, uh, unction is there, um, great things are happening. It didn't happen overnight. And so I just... I feel that it is important that we look at things like what we're going to look at tonight so we can constantly learn how to pray. Um, I, I wouldn't do this if our prayer room was full every single Sunday. Amen? I wouldn't do this if, we, if everybody was always uh, seeking the face of God. But that doesn't always happen. So if we can just shine a light on it, uh, maybe we can get better in praying and seeking the face of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Everybody with me tonight? Praise the Lord. We're going to go to Daniel. You can remain seated. You don't have to stand unless you just feel uh, um, to do that. Uh, but we're going to go to Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. And uh, there's one scripture that we're going to look at uh, this evening. Praise God. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 19. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 19. Prayer. Oh, Lord. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for the city and thy people are called by thy name. My effort this evening is for us to examine the steps of successful prayer. To look at what it is that Daniel was talking about here that will help us pray better and to have success in our prayer. Lord, we thank you once again for your goodness and your mercy. I'm thankful for the men and women of God that are in this place. And Lord, I'm asking that your presence and your power would lead us, guide us, show us what we need to know. And Lord, help us learn how to pray. Lord, we want to learn how to pray. Yesterday morning I heard Bishop, Lord, I heard him praying that, Lord, teach us, teach us to pray. And, Lord, that is what I desire as well for all of us, every man, woman, young person, child, Lord, to learn how to pray. Let it begin in the family unit. And, Lord, let it trickle down, Lord, to children. And let it trickle down to teenagers. And, Lord, then ultimately it will be that in the house of God, the men of God, the women of God, the family of God. We will be a successful church that knows how to seek your face. We honor you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. 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 Daniel was praying that God would forgive Israel of sins. Uh, he was talking, Lord, I need you to forgive them of their sins in 
the Babylonian captivity and restore Jerusalem. This prayer, along with the other prayers recorded in Scripture, was given for our admonition. And it is my hope again tonight for us to develop. This is what I desire. I want us to develop as a body a spirit of prayer. That's what we've got to have. We've got to have a spirit of prayer. We've got to have a heartbeat of prayer. It's got to be something that, that I can remember at times in, in my childhood and even adolescence when there would be a call to prayer, people would just do it. This is no uh, bad news in anybody in our church today, but those days are few and far between now in this day and age when the pastor or a man of God would say, we need to pray. I need you to be here every night. Well, there may be some of us, there may be the faithful few, but there may not be the entire church. There needs to be a spirit of prayer because when you have a spirit of prayer and the call is made, you're going to do whatever it takes. You're going to leave work early. You're going to ask off, whatever you got to do. I, prayer is my heartbeat. Prayer is what I am. Prayer is running through my veins. I've got to be there to pray. The man of God, the pastor, the evangelist has called me to pray. I'm going to be there to pray. And so we need to develop as a body. And I, I will tell you this as I uh, spoke to the men yesterday morning, just very little blurb very, at the very, very end. It's, it's not ever going to just happen. Stuff doesn't just like, if you're God, yes, it does. You can do that. Let there be light. Now I ain't God. <laughs> you're not God. But, and for some, it does. For some, they can be delivered immediately. For some, they can get, the, they can get it immediately. I'm going I'm to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to pray. But for some, most, I would say, it is something that has to be developed. And so in saying that, it's got to be intentional. You've got you've got to work at it. You got to work while it is yet day. You've got to get up in the morning. I don't like getting up in the morning, but I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to find a place to pray. Teach me to do this, Lord. Help me to do this. I, I've got to deny myself. We've been talking about it. We got to get out of our way. Get our flesh out of the way. And so, I want God to help us, as men and women of God, to develop a spirit of prayer. You won't have to be asked to go to the prayer room on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. if you have a spirit of prayer. I'm going to be there. It's, it's on the schedule. It's on the calendar. That's our weekly prayer time. It's not Saturday night like it used to be. It's not Monday night like it used to be. It is Sunday morning, 30 minutes. I'm going to be there. And I, if, it, if it's a COVID issue, if it's people around you, too close proximity, they sell these really cool bubbles I've seen. I, I've got to get on a plane in a couple of weeks. And I'm looking for one. I've been scouring the internet trying to find one of those bubbles. I want to put it around my head just, just because I think it looks cool. It has nothing to do with They probably don't even work. I just want one. <laughs> I thought it was just a, a fluke picture that I saw, but it was an actual person that had a clear bubble around their head, and they were in a plane. And I was like, I want to be on the news. I want to do that. <laughs> no, but if that's what you need, do whatever it takes. Amen. Do whatever it takes. And I... I'll tell you this, doing whatever it takes, like pushing yourself to get up early and be there is going to aid you in developing the spirit of prayer. It'll happen because you may sit beside somebody that's already got the spirit of prayer. They may already, they already may know how to touch the hem of his garment. They know how to get in the spirit on the Lord's day and they begin to do that. Well, what that's going to do is that's going to motivate your spirit. 
Because your spirit is willing. Your spirit is hungry to commune. Your spirit wants to be there. But it's got to be developed. And so your spirit's going to be knocking on that shoulder saying, hey, this is what you want. Hey, this is what you've been looking for right here. What sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so is doing right, that's what you have been looking for. That's what you want. And so it's going to aid you in you developing the spirit of prayer. And I promise you, when you get into that, that time of prayer when nothing else matters, I've seen it. I've seen it on Sunday morning. I, I'm, I'm a watcher. That's, I'm supposed to be a watcher on a wall, so that's my excuse. So I, I watch sometimes. And I see it. People walk in there, and it's like nobody or nothing else exists. You know why that is? Because they got a spirit of prayer. They have developed that. And so they walk in, and they kneel down, or they sit down, and nothing else matters. And immediately, you'll hear them. They'll get in the spirit. They'll, they're, they're soaring with the eagles in the clouds because the presence of God has already moved in their life. they got a spirit of prayer. They don't have to go through a 12-step program on, on getting to Jesus. They know how to touch the hem of his garment. They know that's got a whole new meaning. We'll tell you about that someday. But that's got a whole new meaning today. But Jesus Christ comes right on in. And that's because someone has developed a prayer spirit, a spirit of prayer. That, man, I got to get here. I got I to gotta get something done in this 30 minutes. I've gotta, I don't have time to mess around. I, I want the presence of God to come in, so I am going to make a deposit while I am here in this room for this 30 minutes. And so praise the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. I want, I want to develop that praying spirit. Praise God. Step one, step one that we find in the scripture, uh, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 19 is we got to get God's attention. We got to get God's attention. Again, Daniel 9 and 19, it's on the screen there. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, hear. In other words, God, let me have your attention, please. Oh, Lord. Lord, hear me. Lord, I need you right now. It may be a scream. It may be a yell. You, you may yell that or you may scream that or you may just say, Lord, I need you to hear me right now. Lord, oh, Lord, hear. Hear me, Lord. How do we get God's attention? When we have our, when he has our undivided attention, we have his undivided attention. That's what it's really about. When he has our undivided attention, we have his undivided attention. A divided mind Scattered thoughts and casual approach will not touch God or get his attention. Now, again, I'm not, I would never say any names. I would never call anybody out, but I've seen it. I've seen people, I got a chair right here. I'll use this chair. I, I've seen individuals, and I, this, is, this is just what happens, but we don't know. It's kind of like how I, how I talk to people that work here at the church. I was like, if I don't tell you, you don't know. And so I, that's why I try to, I, I try to operate that way and, and, and run things around here that way. But I've seen people walk in the prayer room and they sit down like this. Ten minutes, five minutes, or three minutes later, they get up and walk off. Do you feel like you got God's attention? I don't believe so. I could be completely and totally wrong, and maybe there was like a, there was some kind of transfer uh, from there to here. I had no idea, but, uh, but the, I don't believe that's how it works. 
I, I believe that it works kind of like when Jesus, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he had, the Bible talks about great drops of blood is what it was like. That means that he was doing something. That means that he, was, he wasn't just mealy-mouthing or staring at the sky. He, there, oh, I need you to hear me right now. I, I, I need you to hear what I'm about to talk to you about, Lord. I need your attention. And so when we give him our undivided attention, I'm going to talk about it. When we give him our undivided attention, we have his undivided attention. An Old Testament parallel is the high priest on the Day of Atonement when they stood before the mercy seat. And it's pretty incredible what happened is they were surrounded by curtains. They were surrounded by curtains which served to block the distractions of the outside world from interfering. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6 says this, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret. So you, when you enter into your closet, Mine literally is three walls and a door behind me and my little bitty ottoman that I got at TJ Maxx. That's literally my closet. One of these days, Lord willing, creek doesn't rise and I'm able to have a house with an office or something. Maybe I'll have something different. But I got clothes around me, socks and shoes and all this kind of stuff and the plethora of things that Sister Ginger has and all of that. Don't tell her I said that. But all of that, that's my closet. And I'm mad about my closet right now because my, my light went out and, and I, I thought I had another daylight. If you didn't notice, I like daylight lights. I don't like the yellow lights. Maybe you do. That's your preference. But I got one of those yellow lights in there and it's messing everything up. I look to the heavens and all I see is yellow. And I'm like, that's not like God. I, I, that light used to look like Jesus. Now it doesn't anymore. <laughs> He's got this dingy yellow look now. Not meaning to be a com uh, comedian tonight, but the, seriously, when you get into that place, you get no distraction. I love it. Personally, I love it because nobody, nobody's going to bother me anyway because I get up with the chickens. But that, I love it because I can get into my closet. And it reminds me just like that. There's no, Nobody's around. I've been shut off from the outside world. I can't hear anything else. There's nothing else going to bother me. And all i got to do is talk to Jesus. Now, I don't scream and prevail, and there's sometimes it may get a little loud, but for the most part, it's just me talking to God. Sometimes I move the ottoman out of the way, and I lay prostrate on the floor because I need to get God's attention, and I want him to know that he has mine. I want him to know, Lord, there's nothing else matters. Nothing else, I, I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to commune with you. I'm here, Lord, to, to get your attention, but, Lord, I want you to know that you've got my attention. Prayer posture is significant only as far as it helps us to concentrate on praying. Find what posture works best for you. I can tell you this. Still to this day, I go back to this. I do it often. My posture used to be in the morning that I had to stand up and I had to walk around. But as I've evolved in my prayer life, I can kneel down. It doesn't matter what time it is. I'm not going to fall asleep. I like to kneel down. I like to pray. I like to 
talk to God. I like to open up the book or open up the Bible app and go to some scriptures that have been quickened in my mind. And I go to read those scriptures as I'm praying because I've evolved in that. But you need to find out, ladies and gentlemen, what posture works best for you. But you're not going to find that out. Amen. If you don't do it. Again, I'm talking about intentionality. We've got to be intentional. We've got to pray. I don't want us just to be people that abide the time. We can't do that. On, on Sunday mornings, we can't. Uh, it's 30 minutes, I'll just come sit in here. Please don't do that. I want you to be there, but please don't do that. Get some work done. Get some work done. I, I, I get, make, it, make it imperative. Act, act like it would be your job. If it was your paid-for job, you're going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And if we can do that over something that really doesn't matter in the first place, how much more should we do that for our <laughs> Heavenly Father when we're trying to talk to Him? Because that's, that's eternal. That matters forever. And so I want to make sure that I get something done. When you begin to feel God, you've just started to pray. When you begin to feel Him, learn to stay and absorb His presence. I, I want to stop for a moment and just kind of meddle on that. Sometimes we get there. <laughs> it happens. Like we, we have been there in the prayer room, and we walked in here, and it has, it's here. The presence of God is powerful. It is, if you will, tangible, like I can feel it. But sometimes we don't know how to stay there. It happens when they begin to sing. When they begin, I know it's a little bit different than prayer, but it happens when they begin to sing. The tangible presence of God moves in. And some people don't know what to do. We as a body need to learn how to stay there. We need to learn how to entertain that. Say, I see what you're doing, God. I feel it. I'm, I, it was just like when I was in there. I felt, I felt you. I felt you standing beside me. I felt you moving in my spirit. You're ju it's just like that right now. God, I'm going to wait. Do your will. Do your work. And this is how we do that. We get into that closet, whether it's in a worship service or wherever it is. doesn't matter. Raise your hand. Lift your eyes towards the heavens. Begin to call on the name of Jesus. Lord, you've got my attention. We've apparently got your attention. Well, you've got my attention now. Do your work right now. And I'm telling you, they won't be able to go to the next song. We won't be able to leave the prayer room. I can remember it. I can remember it. I, I, I used to love it when we would, uh, some people would make me upset, but I would, uh, as being the assistant pastor, I would, I would open the doors of the prayer room and I'd prop the doors open to the, to the side. People didn't like it, but I'd like, if you shut that door again, man, you're about to go in the parking lot. Because I, there was a crescendo from the women's side of the prayer room and the men's side of the prayer room, and it would crescendo out of those prayer rooms. The whole purpose of that barn door sitting right there, as I told you, the origin of that was I was in Bible college, the church I went to. That's what they had. French doors. The reason that's there is that there will be a crescendo out here. But if we don't learn our posture of prayer, if we don't learn where we need to get and when we feel the presence of God to entertain that and wait on the Lord, there's not going to be any crescendo. There's not going to be anything that happens. And so why am I telling you this, Truth Church? Because we got to be intentional. Because when we get in there, 
Or when we get our own time and we get into that place, you, you can't just do it on Sunday morning. It's got to be something that you do every single day. For when you get in there, it's going to happen because you already know your posture of prayer. You already know how to touch the hem of his garment. You already know what's going to work. Amen. You know what's going to be successful. So whatever I do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'm going to do it on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Because I know it works. And I know, how to get, I know how to have successful prayer with Jesus Christ. And that will crescendo into this room. Amen? And then you'll start getting rubbernecks. What's going on over there? What's happening over there? And we will not be able to leave that place. And wouldn't it be awesome if what was supposed to happen in here got interrupted for what was happening in there? Amen? That sounds a lot like the upper room, ladies and gentlemen. That's all right with me. I would love that. I'd love that if everybody and their mama left this room and walked into that room and we had to have church right over there just like it was when I was a kid. Amen. I, I go back to 102 West Harrison Street over and over again in my brain because I can remember leaving the cinder block prayer room in the back, the fellowship hall area and the recreational room and everything else it was. And we would leave there and go into the sanctuary. Why? Because people knew their posture of prayer. People knew how to touch the hem of his garment. And we didn't need just the cinder block prayer room anymore. We needed an organ. We needed, a, we needed to sing praises unto the Lord. And we had church before we had church on Sunday morning. On Saturday night. That can still happen today. Somebody clap your hands if you believe that. When we begin to feel God, when we begin to feel God, you've just started praying. It's, has anybody ever, we, we have it, I meant to grab it before I walked up here and I forgot all about it, but anybody ever had um, rechargeable batteries. Anybody ever had rechargeable batteries? It's most of the time there's an indicator on there. There's you put the battery in when it doesn't have any charge and it's the light is red and you put the battery in or the battery's in there and it, it eventually that red light will turn green and then there's a recharged battery and it's just like that. The longer you stay, the longer you stay in that place, the more charge that you're going to get the more power that you're going to feel, the more presence of God that is going to be there. So I, I go back to saying when we feel the presence and the power of God, don't jump off the charger. You're not charged up yet. All right? It just started happening. You, you're, you're not even almost there yet. So stay there. And that is what happens. And I, I'm not... Uh, please, don't, I'm not being negative Nancy here tonight, but sometimes that happens in our church services. Man, the presence of God will move in. And, man, we feel the charge. And, man, we have a good run, a good shout, and that's all we get. But if we just stop and stay there for a moment as a body, as a people of God, if we would stay there for a moment, that charge is going to surmount. And keep on going and keep on going. And all of a sudden, you're going to have a, a green light. And he's going to say, now I'm doing what I want to do. And that's when healings happens. That's when deliverance happens. That's when there's no preaching. That's when no singers want to sing anymore. We just want to be in the presence and the power of God and let him do the work. And those things are still okay today in this day and age. That's still what I want to see happen today in Truth Church of Denison. Amen? But we cannot just... Hope it happens. we got to be intentional about it. Amen? The old song says, pray until you pray. 
then you can pray the clouds away. Pray until you pray, and then you can pray the clouds away. The old, the old adage, you've heard it, many of our old timers that are here tonight, they say they've heard that, I believe Bishop preached it before, push, pray until something happens. We need to learn how to pray until something happens. We need to learn how to truly give God heartfelt, meaningful worship until something happens. I'm talking about worship. I wasn't going to talk about this tonight, but I'm talking about worship where we prostrate ourselves, prostrate our spirits before the Lord and say, God, sometimes it's literal, sometimes it's in the spirit. We need to learn how to wait on the Lord. We need to learn how to prostrate ourselves before the Lord and allow him to do his work. That's when healing comes and restoration and et cetera, et cetera, and God can do his work. Step two, step two, confession, confession and forgiveness. Daniel 9, verse 19 again. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, forgive. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12, it says this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Hear this tonight. Unresolved sin will prevent successful prayer. I believe that most of us in the room, you know that. But if you don't know that, some, this, is where, this is where countless things that detour people away from God come in. Because they'll say, well, man, I prayed. I prayed and God didn't do it. And then they never come back to church. They got a chip on their shoulder about God. And we didn't. But there's unresolved sin. There's things in that life. Well, that prevented successful prayer. That prevented something successful in prayer happening. And so you can't, if, if you're unlearned, if you don't know, if you haven't got in the book, then you don't know that. But I, I want to tell you tonight, unresolved sin will prevent successful prayer. There are people, and I would never divulge anybody, there are people in our church that don't understand why things haven't changed yet. Why haven't I got over this? Why haven't I got over that? Why haven't this happened? Well, there's things that you're harboring. There's things that you're upset about. There's bitterness and hatred, and there's all, all this stuff that is in your life. There's sin there. Sin is sin is sin. We think that the drug addict and the murderer are the sinners, but listen, hatred and bitterness are the exact same thing. It's hard for us to believe, but it's the truth. Raping and, and, and prostitution and et cetera, and the, and the list goes on and on. All of those things are the same thing. There's not a, okay, well, if you just did a little white lie, then your sin's down here. Now, if you murdered somebody and you molested a child, then your sin, no. It's a level playing field, ladies and gentlemen. It's all sin. And so we, we don't understand that. Apparently it's, well, I haven't done anything real bad. Well, you have been living your life. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You've been living your life for decades and, and, uh, and for 20 and 30 years, and you feel like every single time you pray, nothing happens. Well, there's something that's hidden away in the depths of your spirit. You've even talked in tongues. You've even been baptized in Jesus' name. But there's still some anger and some bitterness and some hatred. And there's people this past year, in 2021, they finally said over the years, I was angry and bitter, but this year, I, I gave true forgiveness. And I, 
I mean, I felt it just, just like I felt it that day. The person told me that. I felt it just now. It was like a weight that lifted off of me. Because, and I'm not even the individual, but I felt that weight lift off because I knew that true forgiveness came. And I knew that they were about to do something in their prayer life. And I've seen it happen. I've seen them. I've seen God speak to them and talk to them. And I get text message after text message where God speaks to the person. Why? Because why? They have said, you know something? I'm getting rid of sin that's in my life. Nobody sees it. Nobody knows it. But I knew it was there. So I went to God and said, God created me a clean heart. Let me have true forgiveness. And they've gone to the person. And oddly enough, they did what the Bible said. They said, listen to me. I, I got odd against you. I got anger against you. And I, I need you to forgive me. And that's what they did. Boom, it's crazy. It works. And so now God moves in their life. Now they can walk in the prayer room and I hear them immediately. Some people are like, how in the world is that person talking in tongues that fast? You know how? Because they've learned their posture of prayer. You know how? Because they've said, Lord, forgive, Lord. I need forgiveness inside of me. I need you to hear me. I need you to forgive me of this. It's what's inside of my spirit and my heart. And God forgave them. And the person forgave them even when the wrong wasn't theirs to ask for forgiveness for. And what happened is a person developed a prayer life with Jesus that gets stuff done. Wouldn't it be horrible to live your entire Christian life and be an unsuccessful prayer warrior? Oh, dear God, I, I would hate that. God, don't let it happen. God, we've got we to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to lift your hands right now all across the building. In the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's anybody in the room right now, then, Lord, what I just said, what I just talked about, oh, Lord, if it has pricked the heart right now, Jesus, let them see it. Let them know that, man, I've got to do something about it. I've got I to gotta say, oh, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, God. Cleanse me, Lord. Confession. Confession must be made for conviction, for forgiveness to come. Confession must be made for forgiveness to come. Oh, hallelujah. Would you just raise your hands for a moment? I just feel like lingering here right now. It's kind of what I was talking about a moment ago. Come on, would you lift your hands? Maybe somebody's wronged you. You did nothing to deserve it. You did nothing to deserve it, but because of the wrong, you harbor bitterness. You harbor hatred. It ain't on them anymore. It's on you. I know they did you wrong. I know it wasn't right, but I'm telling you of a testimony of one sister and one brother in this building right here, right now, that they said, I had hatred. I had bitterness, but I asked forgiveness. And because they did, I, as a pastor, as a watchman on the wall, have begun to witness what God does when somebody will say, oh, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, if we want to be successful prayers, then we have to ask God to forgive us. Don't let those unturned stones in our spirit and our heart remain unturned. Go and turn them over. We are entering in on that consecration week. I want it to be successful for the church but I want it to more so be successful for every individual. If you're watching online, I want it to be successful for every individual, but there's some things that we got to do to make sure that those five nights of prayer and supplication and praying to the tabernacle 
are successful, we got to do some things. Continuing in that same vein, Daniel 9 and verse 5. Daniel 9 and verse 5, if you have your Bibles. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets. When we repent, it's easy, ladies and gentlemen, when we repent, it's easy to understand, rather, God forgives, period. When we truly repent, 1 John, verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, you don't got to come talk to me about it unless you just absolutely feel that you have to. If we confess our sins, he, somebody say he, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and listen to this and to cleanse us from some unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. But first, Sister Joanna, we got to do something. We got to confess. Ladies and gentlemen, if you got family members that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there are things, go home and say, listen, tomorrow or whenever it is that we broadcast this, We've got to listen together because you need to hear what we got to do because I want you to be a successful prayer warrior. Our babies are too important. They need you. Our family's too important. They need, we got to have both of us having successful prayer life. Amen? Somebody clap your hands over the Lord. And I, this is for some of you that do this right here. Some, something that we've got to get. And I've only... Only because I've heard it and I've witnessed it and I've seen it happen. And we cannot linger on step two. We can't just pull up a couch and stay there. We, we don't, don't go get your bonbons and your Oreos and your milk and stay right there in the middle of, of that step two. We got to get away from that. Amen? Do not linger there. To linger here by... Repeating ourselves. Oh, you, you did it last week and you got victory and things were there and God, God did a work in you, but you come back and you say, God, I, I, I'm i repenting again. I, I'm, I'm so sorry for what I did and I'm so sorry for those things. That, and you repeat the same thing over again. What you have literally done as you have expressed your unbelief in Jesus Christ. I just read it, First John. 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, now, obviously, if you dove back into that sin, then obviously, come back. But if you didn't, and you're living an overcoming life, and you're doing great, and God's moving in your life, don't come back again and say, God, listen, I need to talk to you about this. I, I'm sorry. You have expressed your unbelief in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because his word said in 1 John that he is going to forgive you of all iniquities. And so I've, you can come back and say, Lord, woo, I remember last time. 
I remember what you did. I remember when the burdens rolled away. I remember, Lord, when your spirit came to say, I remember, Lord, I'm, I'm like a new baby. I, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm thankful for what you did for me, Jesus. What's wrong with that? But if you linger there, we are telling God, we are telling God that we do not take him at his word when he promised to forgive us when we confess. I know that's for some of you, that's old news. But for some, it's not old news. It's truth. For some of us, we don't still don't get that. But I, I would to God that we would get that. Amen. Somebody say amen. There's times that people allow their prayer to be dominated by expressing to God over and over and over again of their unworthiness. I just, I've heard that recently. <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy, Jesus. And those that Pray that kind of prayer. And I'm not being mean tonight, but you lack a fundamental understanding of the fact that we approach God on the basis of his righteousness and not on the basis of our merit. It's because he's a righteous God. Everybody ain't got what it takes. Amen? But we don't approach him... You're never going to get good enough. I'm never going to get good enough. But we approach him based on his righteousness. You're the one true, right, living God. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for showing your grace and your mercy to me. I thank you, Jesus, for moving in my... I thank you for using me to lay hands on the sick and they recover. I'm thankful, Lord, that you used me to disciple somebody in this last and closing hour. Thank you, Lord, for letting me be an ambassador of your truth. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord, all you. Daniel 9 and verse 18. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness. But for thy great, what does it say? Mercies. Great mercies. There is a difference between conviction and guilt. I want you to hear this. And if you have a pen, I encourage you to write it down. Conviction comes from God and highlights the specific error, error that we have and lets us know what must be done to make restoration. Guilt, on the other hand, is a constant source of condemnation for unspecified offenses, a deep sense of shame and unworthiness. The devil and misinformed people, if I could say it this way, family members, close friends, the devil and misinformed people can destroy our faith by facilitating guilt in our life. A revelation, this is what you got to get, a revelation of the work of Calvary and our, somebody say my, my, 
my new position in Christ will shelter and will help me to get away from those bonds of guilt. You're a new person. You've come to God and you've confessed your sins. And God, he's been faithful and just and he's forgiven you of that sin. Don't allow people and stuff and things and to come in and cause you to feel that guilt. Don't allow the devil to lie to you through people. Amen? Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Step three. We're almost finished here tonight. Request. Daniel 9 and verse 19 again. Oh, Lord, hearken and do. Woo! Hearken and do. We have his attention. Our hearts have been purified and clean. Now it is time to make our request. And I'm going to tell you something. That's what I want us to get ready for. That's what I want us to do. Get ready for that last week of January, last full week of January. I want us to do everything we can. These things that I've talked about here tonight to make sure that we can start making requests. I want us to be ready. I want individuals' hearts and lives and spirits and prayer lives to be ready to start making requests. I believe this, and I'm not just saying this. I'm not just reaching something off the wall here, but I truly believe if we will do some of the things I've been talking about on our individual time and when we get together as a body of Christ, I truly believe that last Sunday in January, we're going to see people saved. We're going to see people walk in this door. We're going to see people baptized in Jesus' name. I truly believe that. That's what I, I'm trying to get myself there. God, purify Cleanse, cleanse me, God. I, I want to be ready because I'm going to make some requests during that consecration week. I'm going to make some requests, and I'm going to consecrate myself that week because I want God to know that I'm serious about this, Lord. I want people to be drawn. Let me tell you something. Oh, my goodness, I forgot yeah. about this. You men that were here yesterday morning, I made the statement about. I made the statement to our some of our intercessory prayer warriors. God would draw people, and backsliders would come. Remember me talking about that? Backsliders and waywards and and anyone. But yesterday evening, I was already supposed to be gone from the church. <laughs> and Tate was back here, and he he likes to do his lessons on the, his piano lessons. He does them online with Sister Horde out of uh, Brother uh, Gore's church, and in Wiley, and so he was down here doing his his piano lessons on the piano, and, and I got a knock on the side door, and I look out that door, and it's a backslider. And that young boy that used to be in my youth group came in, and I, I don't know if he might have called you, Brother Jonathan, I don't know, but he came by to say thank you for making, helping influence him and make him the man that he is today. He's backslidden. He don't live for God. Some turmoil and some things going on in his life. And as I was talking to him, I had completely and utterly forgot about what I had said. And as I was looking at him talking, I stopped mid-sentence. And I got a big old lump in my throat and got big old tears in my eyes. And I said, this morning... I talked to some of our intercessory prayer warriors about this. 
and I prayed it while I was praying, and then I made mention to our men, and I'm, a, I'm already supposed to be gone right now. We're, we are 10 minutes past the time that we needed to leave for, so we wouldn't be late for basketball practice. And this young man knocked on the door and walked in. And so when I told him that, I said, so now I'm going to be less diplomatic. <laughs> just going to tell you, I'm going to be less diplomatic, and I think I need to tell you some things. And so I just, I put the rubber to the road and told him what I felt that I was impressed to tell him. And so I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it works. And I, it just, it built my faith because I knew what I was preaching, and I knew what I've been trying to do because before I do anything here, I want to try it here. And so I made a request, and it was like God was saying, see, how you approach me and how you pray, it matters. And I'm telling you, I asked him, I said, how often do you drive by here? Well, I live right over here in these apartments now, so I drive by all the time. And you stop today? I said, I don't believe in coincidences. Never have, never will. And I said, if our steps are ordered by the Lord, that's why you're in this office right now. And that's why I'm looking at you right now. And that's why I'm telling you, do whatever it takes to get back in the house of God. And so I would never divulge his name, but I would, I would ask that you would pray for a young man, a, a wayward young man that is, there's turmoil in his life. And God can fix anything. Praise God. Praise God. Let me get back on my notes here. Our faith, our faith, I'm sorry, we must have his attention. Our hearts have got to be clean. And now it's time to make our request. Our faith must lead us to the place where we can make bold, specific requests when we enter into his presence. God wants us to approach him like a man. Job chapter 32, or 38 and verse 3. Gird up your loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and listen to this, and Answer thou me. Hebrews 4 in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Praise God. Praise God. When we contrast these scriptures with the way some people wallow in artificial humility, which is nothing more than unbelief. We can't go there. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We can't go there. we got to come boldly before the throne room of grace. We gotta talk to Jesus Christ. We gotta make our we gotta make our request known unto him. Would you stand to your feet all across the building? Praise God. Moses he demonstrated a bold approach toward God. When he interceded for the people at the time when God was ready to destroy them. Here God says he is going to kill them. In Exodus chapter 32 and verse 10. Now for let me alone. That my wrath may wax hot against them. And that, that I may consume them. Now if that was you saying that to me. I wouldn't think it's a big deal. But since it's God. <laughs> He sends fire out of heaven, so I'm just, and I will make of thee a great nation. Moses reminds God 
that he is the one that brought them out of Egypt. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 11. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. God, if you're going to kill them, you're going to have to kill me too. Exodus chapter 32, verse 32. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sins, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. Moses was into making big requests. He was into being bold before Jesus Christ. And so Truth Church family that is here tonight and those of you that will watch online, if we will learn how to successfully approach Jesus, successfully pray, do the things that Daniel taught us to do, we can make big requests. We can make requests like this. If we've done everything we need to do, if we have repented, if we've done all the things that we need to do, we can say, Lord, let so-and-so walk in the door on Sunday morning. Better yet, let so-and-so come to the altar on Sunday morning. Lord, I'm asking you to help them quit believing a lie and start hearing truth. Lord, I know it's been 20 and 10 and 15 years and they don't even consider the house of God. But Lord, I'm asking you to help them this week start considering the house of God. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, yesterday evening, God showed me if you'll get right and you'll do right and you'll make big requests, I'll let it knock on the north, the south door of your church and let it walk right smack dab into your office and sit on the chair in front of your desk. That's exactly what my God did. It had nothing to do with me. The only thing that I did was do what I'm preaching about right now. There wasn't a meeting scheduled. Sister Olivia wasn't here. There wasn't me and Tate. I just wanted to come by and tell you, thank you for making me the man I am today. And God had to show me, you prayed it and you requested it and you don't even remember doing it. So I had to like stop everything and let him know. And I kept on, I, you know me, I just get a little beside myself. I kept on saying, oh my goodness, you don't understand how big of a deal this is, man. I'm telling you, I, like, I, I literally did this this morning and you're sitting right here. That's why you're here. I kept on telling him, that's why you're here. When he walked out the door, I told him, I said, that's why you're here. I said, come back, come back this Sunday. I got to work this Sunday. And so you know what the quest I made before I left my office? I said, Lord, let something happen where he don't have to work this Sunday. I don't want him to lose his job. <laughs> but the young man, I remember in, when he was in our youth group, he was sensitive. I remember when he made requests for his family and God did those requests. But because people allow things and stuff to come back into their life, waywardness has come over his whole family and 
And so therefore faith, you can imagine, is completely diminished. And he's been hurt by people and hurt by things, not from the church, but just family and so on and so forth. And all of these things happen. And so faith is not there. But I believe if we'll make bold requests, we'll get big answers. Amen. Let's raise our hands all across the building. Can we do that? Come on, would you lift your voice, those of you that are in the building tonight? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So we're going to take our instruction from Daniel 9. And Lord, we're going to begin to do those things. In the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to begin to operate in that realm right now. Lord, we're going to allow you to lead us. We're going to allow you to guide us. We're going to make a request, Lord. We're going to ask you to forgive us of our sins. And, Lord, we're going to move on from that. There's going to be, therefore, no, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And we're going to be able to make those bold requests just like Moses did, oh, God. We're going to be able to do that. We're going to be able to call on your name, Jesus. We're going to be able to require of you some things that you've promised us, oh, Lord, that is going to happen in the name of Jesus. Let the men and women of God that are here on this Wednesday night, those that are listening online, oh God, let them hear it, oh God, and let them begin to do it and put it into operation. Lord, this is a message of action. If we will put it to action, we will see things come to pass in Jesus' name. Let it happen. Let us do it. I challenge you, Truth Church. I challenge you, men and women of God, put it to action starting tonight. Put it to action. Your family is depending on it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, your dad, your mom, your aunt, your uncle, your brother, your sister, your sister-in-law. Come on, they are counting on you to do what you need to do in prayer so you can make those requests. And God will show you exactly what he'll do. Come on, he'll stop his wrath. He'll change the course of time. He'll do whatever it takes. Hallelujah. God, let Truth Church, let Truth Church and everyone that calls Truth Church their home. And Lord, let it be something that we as a body will begin to embody Lord, we'll begin to do it. We'll be able, Lord, I, I pray that what I have talked about tonight will be something that other people in this, in my midst right now, in this church, will begin to disciple people toward. And this is what you got to do. And this is what needs to be done. You got to be made right. You got to do right. So your requests will be made known unto the Lord. And He'll answer your request. And Lord, let us begin to see things happen. And Lord, let faith arise and every enemy of our faith be scattered. In Jesus' name. Somebody say his name right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.